Welcome to this episode of the Medical Affairs Professional Society podcast series, Elevate, gathering the voices of medical affairs thought leaders and stakeholders to explore current trends, define best practices, and empower the medical affairs function. Opinions are those of the presenters and do not imply endorsement by their organizations. I'm your host, Garth Sundam, Communications Director at MAPS, and today we'll be speaking with Luca Dizani, Franchise Head Immuno-Oncology AstraZeneca, and Bruno Larval, CEO and founder of Larval, about the emerging uses of social media in the practice of medical affairs. This podcast is made possible by Larval. Larval has been accelerating decision-making since 2004 by providing real-time, customized, competitive intelligence software with data-driven analytics to the pharmaceutical, biotech, and healthcare industries. Larval's comprehensive KOL monitoring solution, Omni, ensures that MSLs stay ahead of the competition with in-depth updates on their KOL's activity. Omni also makes it easy for MSLs to prepare for and track engagements with their KOLs by providing access to publications, clinical trial involvement, social media posts, and upcoming conference participation. So Bruno, Luca, welcome. Hello. Hello, hello. Thank you. So thank you for having me. You're very you. welcome. I wanted to start out, you know, I think that medical affairs in general is fairly comfortable with the idea of social media being used as a listening tool. But now we are starting to evolve beyond listening. And uh, I'd love to hear, you know, Bruno, do you mind starting just by talking about what are some of the emerging uses of social media beyond listening? Yeah, yeah. Well, the, the first thing I want to say is that uh, we are still very, very early, in my, in my opinion. The, the pandemic is accelerating things, obviously, but a lot of our customers are still, um, I would say, exploring how to do more than listening. So right now, they, they're learning to, to, to listen, to listen actively, and especially to use social media to identify opportunities for engagement, for example, at um, webinars and symposium, podcasts, grand rounds online. Um, and they, they're still they, they're looking at how to engage in a way that would be compliant, and they're trying to figure it out. Right now, I would say overall, uh, pharma, medical affairs do not engage very much, as far as I can tell. And they're trying to figure out what is the right etiquette, what is the right rules, uh, to do it in in a in a way that would be compliance uh, friendly. Oh, that's interesting. So, do you see and and maybe Bruno, do you see compliance as the major major hurdle to moving beyond listening, or or is it the the vision to know how to use these tools beyond listening? Uh, it, it is that's uh, that that's right. It's both, and sometimes compliance is a bit of an excuse for. Uh, Maybe the, uh, the medical affairs professionals, uh, Luca is very, very engaged, but many, um, many medical affairs professionals and MSLs are a little bit less maybe um, oriented towards uh, engagement to start with in social media. And so part of it is compliance. And sometimes that's a good point. Compliance may be an excuse uh, for not engaging uh, and I think it's going to change. It's changing slowly. I think it's going to change. Uh, but even, even we were surprised in oncology, for example, uh, the, the number of KOLs 
that are active, really engaged in, let's say, Twitter, is still small. Uh, it's still a very small uh, subset of, of key opinion leaders. Now, we call them uh, digital opinion leaders. So both with MSLs and uh, medical affair professional and with KOL, uh, we, we're, still, we're still early, I would say. Okay. Well, so listeners, if you don't already follow Luca Dazani on LinkedIn, you should go do that because Luca, I see you as someone who personally is pushing forward in in their innovative use of social media in medical affairs. So c- could you tell us a little bit about, you know, either your personal use or organizational use of social media right now? What what is beyond passive listening for you? Yeah. <clears throat> I think I think there are um, you know, amazing opportunities. And as I completely agree with Bruno, I think we are really only scratching the surface for the time being. In terms of organizational use, um, you know, companies are establishing a total leadership in medical affairs uh, in particular is definitely a good tool, a good way of attracting talents, right? So in in pharma, obviously, we are always looking for the brightest minds. And uh, in in medical affairs, we want to attract, you know, talented people, very often from science, from academia, or from other companies, right? So if we manage to establish uh, our medical affairs organization as a thought leader in the space, we are going to be much more attractive and to people who are interested in exploring career opportunities with with our company, with our organization. That's one point. Uh, In terms of personal use, uh, obviously, you know, it's kind of the flip side of what I I just just described, right? So if I am an MSL who is looking for, again, career opportunities, it's, it's, uh, it's good for me to be visible on social media. It's good to establish myself as a thought leader in 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 the you know me- medical engagement uh, space. Um, so that's a that's a, another another point. And and more on the business side, um, it, it the, uh, if I am very active, let's say on uh, social media regarding real world evidence, right? Because that's the topic I'm passionate about. And, um, you know, and I constantly produce contents regarding RWE. Um, it, it's likely that uh, someone in terms of uh, key opinion leaders, investigators may one day reach out to me because uh, they have a, an idea, a proposal regarding a collaboration on real world evidence. And they know that I am passionate about the topic. I know a lot about the topic. I have been publishing on social and posting on, 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 social, on my social channels regarding RWE. So I'm also able to attract potential opportunities for collaboration. Well, so that's really interesting because I think, you know, we think of social media as a way to track down thought leaders, but you're saying that uh, you can become a thought leader and, and, and there's, there's advantages, you know, professionally and even to your organization of you being a thought leader. Exactly. Exactly. And, and, uh, and I think on top of that, there are other 
um, avenues that, you know, again, we are really only starting to explore. Uh, I have some experience, for instance, running medical education programs mm. on uh, uh, social media and uh, on Twitter in particular. And, um, um, you know, medical education, you know, something I often say, you know, just to illustrate my point, uh, you know, when if you if you have in mind the model of TikTok or 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 YouTube, um, so you have this con- constant stream of content, right? So you you watch a video, and when the video ends, the next one starts right away, and so on and so forth. Right? It's an endless stream of content, and the more you watch it the more the algorithm learns what you like and what you don't like because you skip those videos, right? So when, when you don't like something on TikTok, you skip it, right? And you, and you move on. So the algorithm learns what I am interested in and it customizes my feed to what I'm interested and what it's relevant to me. So I see medical affairs becoming more and more able to address physicians' needs, educational needs, just by leveraging data and learning more about what is relevant to our stakeholders. I I, I would love to see that kind of automation uh, and uh, machine learning happening in, in, um, in medical affairs as we see on TikTok or, or YouTube. Well, and in that case, it's almost like you become the algorithm, right? Like you're learning how to serve relevant content to your audience. And so, you know, you are broadcasting relevant content through through your LinkedIn. Well, okay, so so th- these are the emerging uses. Now, I follow you, uh, Bruno, on, uh, on Twitter. And uh, Luca, I follow you on LinkedIn. And, you know, I find that your voices are very different. So... I wonder how should medical affairs professionals be presenting themselves online in social media? Bruno, you're pretty informal. Um, how do you feel about the voice of your social media uh, representing you yeah. and representing your organization? Yeah. So I have an approach that uh, perhaps is just for me or, or perhaps is for other people as well, is that I have decided not to make a difference between the professional and the personal side of who I am. So by nature, I would post uh, on Twitter, on Facebook, on, uh, on LinkedIn, and I would really be the same person, essentially, and, and not sort of compartmentalize the audience. Now, some people don't want to do that, and some people even advise not to do it, but I feel that it's too uh, unnatural for me to be one person on Twitter and a very different person on Facebook. And so I essentially say, well, I'm going to be the same person. I'm going to be informal. I'm going to talk about myself as well. And um, and that works for me. I'm not saying it works for everybody, but I, I do suspect that uh, that social media forces us a little bit in being ourselves, in being authentic. And and it becomes harder and harder to compartmentalize. And in my mind, it's a good thing because the standards of professionalism are evolving. And I think they're evolving towards unifying the different components of who we are. 
Well, so that comes from the perspective, I mean, you're the CEO of your organization. Are there compliance issues for medical affairs professionals who are not the CEOs of their organization? You know, how, how if you're not the CEO, or even if you are, how can you engage as yourself in social media and still be compliant within your organization, e- either or both of you? <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I think I think um, uh, you know the compliance piece is it's super important, right? I really want to emphasize, you know, how important it is for anyone, unless to your point, you are the CEO, and uh, and of course you can really speak on behalf of your organization if you want to, um, but if you are not. Um, the, the CEO or in general, right? What you really want to stay away from is, you know, you don't want to speak on behalf of your organization, unless, of course, you know, you have um, the uh, you know, green light from the company to do so. So that's the most important point. And, and it's really important that we partner with our legal and compliance colleagues, also because rules and regulations are very different. Um, if you think of the privacy regulations in Europe, much more you know, strict and, uh, uh, you know, even social media listening, you know, there are limitations in, uh, in many um, countries in, in Europe, a little different in, in the US. So it, it's really a very complex matter. So I guess my encouragement is always to check with, you know, the experts and, and make sure that what we are doing is appropriate. But again, the key um, is always, uh, the key concept in my mind is always making very clear that you know what you are expressing on social media is your personal views again unless this is part of a program that has been agreed upon with with the organization okay and is that intrinsically understood by an organization so if you as a medical affairs professional decide to start a twitter account and start tweeting um, is it is it assumed that you are expressing only your own opinion or do you need to involve your organization from the start in some sort of approval of your activities? Yeah. I, 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 again, I can, I can start, uh, but Bruno, <laughs> please chime in. I think, I think I wouldn't assume anything. Um, you know, I would rather, you know, double check maybe um again depending on on your where you are where you are located depending on your company depending on a variety of different you know factors uh, it may not be an issue at all and uh, or it you know you may have some restrictions right you may have some guidelines to follow so again i i'm not a compliance expert and i don't want to speak for the experts i think my encouragement is always to check with your um, you know, appropriate colleagues within within the organization, and make sure you are doing the right things. Uh, the 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 other thing for me, for example, I, I I decided personally not to talk politics, <laughs> right? Uh, because and and of some time, I'm also restraining a little bit some some jokes I want to make. Uh, because you're right. Um, if you work in a, if you if you in social media, both at the personal and professional level, th- there is sensitivity you have to be conscious of. Yeah. So I, I decided to make sure that whatever I post, nobody could guess my my political 
uh, views. Otherwise, uh, uh, it, it could create some challenges uh, in general. So I, uh, I, I decided to self-impose certain limits to what I'm going to talk about. That, that, that makes a lot of sense. Well, you know, and it, it, it seems like so much social media is a, it's sort of an ecosystem of smaller communities, right? You, that, that gather or coalesce around different topics. And, you know, I wonder if in addition to opportunities for using social media kind of as, as tools to get what we want in, in medical affairs, you know, to learn, to listen, to create insights, um, to create relationships. I wonder if there is also an opportunity, and I, I see this in both of your social profiles, to, to create more of a medical affairs community that's been lacking. What, what do you think about that? Well, I, I, would, just, I would just say that uh, there is a great opportunity and, and uh, some of the work that Luca and others are, are doing, whether it's on Twitter, on LinkedIn, uh, and now maybe on Clubhouse, actually, is going in that direction. And, and uh, I don't want to flatter Luca too much uh, here, but the, the kind of profile he is building and how he's using social media to communicate with people in the medical affairs community to, to create value, uh, is is the way people are going to build profiles and and professional profiles in the industry, and is going to be increasingly important in in careers. Uh, I have no doubt that down the road, uh, people who uh, want to build a, a successful career need certainly to be actively listening to the conversation on social media because a lot of their learning is going to come from that. But we'll all also engage with leadership in that conversation. And so, uh, I mean, obviously I'm on the vendor side, so it's a little bit different, but Luca is a great example uh, of someone who is doing that so well. Okay, I'll bite. Uh, tell me, what in the world is Clubhouse? And Luca, what is, uh, what is next beyond that? Uh, so just <laughs> one, one quick word. We, we will send you an invite on Clubhouse. Oh, good. Uh, <laughs> Now, I get, by the way, I got Luca on, I think, I'm the one who got Luca on TikTok. So he's oh, now on TikTok. No. And Clubhouse is growing nearly faster oh. than TikTok. It's incredible. It's essentially Twitter audio only. It's oh, actually like a, a spontaneous podcast with a million voice and rooms with mini podcasts organized in a semi-impromptu way. Okay. And we'll send you an invite Send me an invite. That sounds great. Well, okay. So this is what's next. I mean, people get comfortable with Twitter and, and, you know, I'm sure we're all comfortable with LinkedIn, uh, but, you know, social media, it, it seems like, um, you know, we're talking about the emerging uses of social media as if those emerging uses will emerge and then we will use them. But uh, if, if anything is constant in social media, it may be that things continue to emerge uh, that we continue to have to wrap our heads around. Um, closing thoughts on that, Luca? Yeah, I think I think um, you know the the it's key. It's really key that we um, you know com jo join forces uh, when it comes to exploring social media in medical affairs, and that's why I, I think you know we cannot do even something like. 
social media listening, you need to have the right platform, right? Whether you uh, leverage Larval or another platform, you need to you need to partner with you know the people that have the capabilities and the companies that have the capabilities to uh, make it happen. And and I'm using social listening as an example, but the same applies to medical education. And um, Twitter chats are becoming more and more popular. You need the right vendors and the right uh, capabilities to run Twitter chats uh, in, uh, in in medical affairs. And uh, uh, I think, you know, just one final thought. Um, I think what we haven't seen yet is the disruptive innovation. We haven't seen the Netflix of medical affairs yet. Um, is that going to happen? When it's going to happen? I don't know. But I think we are going to, we are incrementally improving the way we do medical affairs, the way we uh, leverage social media, new technologies and digital technologies in medical affairs. We are still waiting for the big disruption, right? We are really waiting for the disruptive innovation that will take medical affairs really to the next level when it comes to digital transformation. That's my, my assumption. All right. Well, the digital innovators who are listening to this, I encourage you to get in touch with Bruno and uh, Luca, and I'm sure that you will have some interesting collaborative discussions. So thanks, Bruno and Luca, for joining us today. MAPS members, you can continue the conversation at our community portal. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast. We hope you have enjoyed this episode of the Medical Affairs Professional Society podcast series, Elevate.